Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you uh, today from the soggy, wet city of Eugene, Oregon. Uh, my thanks to the folks in Boise who hosted me yesterday. Got a chance to broadcast the Boise State come from behind win over Utah State. Tonight I will have the Beavers taking on the Bruins. UCLA, Oregon State. Uh, that game will tip at uh, 8 West Coast time. 8 West Coast time on Fox Sports 1. But before we get to talk about any hoop or even any NBA hoop, we got to talk some football. we got a bunch coming up for you. We got Man, we got a good show. This is a well-produced show. It, the, the talent in front of the microphone might not be good, but behind the microphone is excellent. Kyle Rudolph from the, the Minnesota Vikings will join us. We'll try and figure out why exactly the Saints were covering him six yards from the line of scrimmage on that last uh, and on, on the Minnesota Miracle. R.J. Bell will join us next hour, and we'll get uh, his leans as of Thursday 
on uh, Championship Sunday. So we got a bunch of things to get to. Got some Carmelo Anthony, got some LeBron to talk about, and um, um, an interesting comment on Dak Prescott to react to. But I, I was looking at, was thinking about this Tom Brady injury, and um, obviously your expect, you know, it does pop up as, you know, if he doesn't play well, if he doesn't throw well, is it an excuse or is it an explanation? And then I was I was talking to some NFL people this morning. So I was driving in from the airport. And I was like, what do you think about this weekend? They're like, I just I can't see it. I was like, what can't you see? I can't see Jacksonville competing with New England. And then you go back and look and you're like, man, has there ever in your life been an easier pathway to a Super Bowl than what the Patriots have in front of them. Think about that for a second. Like the Titans should not have been in the playoffs. The Titans gave up more points than they scored this season. The Titans and the Jaguars, by the way, came out of the division in which was skewed because of injury. Right? Like I, I understand you are what your record says you are. That's we all fall into the Bill Parcells said it, and Bill Parcells is one of the great coaches of all time, so he knows more than you do. But are you really? Right? Like, yes, the Jaguars made the playoffs and the Chargers didn't, but I watched the game. Bortles threw two interceptions in the waning minute of minutes of that game at home, and they still Chargers found a way to lose the game. And, you know, both teams benefited from the fact that Houston was decimated by injury. Remember, this is a Houston team that lost not just J.J. Watt, but also Whitney Merciless and Deshaun Watson. (laughs) I mean, and Brian Cushing was suspended this year. I mean, you talk about three of uh, of their maybe four best defensive players and their quarterback. All gone for the season. Oh, yeah, and by the way, they're in division with the Colts. The Colts have arguably the worst talent in the National Football League, and they didn't have their quarterback all season long. That was their division. And the Colts and the the Titans still needed a miracle to backdoor their way in to the playoffs. Um, and, And look, this has happened before. So if you're a Patriot fan, you can't sit there and go like, well, you're picking on us. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. When Kentucky won the national title in 2010, there was three teams that were better than everybody else in college basketball. Syracuse was one. Before the NCAA tournament, Fab Mello was suspended, and they never made it to the Final Four. Not only was Syracuse a really good team that year, but Syracuse played their 2-3 zone, which would have been a great matchup for a Kentucky team that struggled to score. This is the Kentucky team with Anthony Davis. North Carolina, by my estimation, was the best team in the country that year. They, after losing to Kentucky by two at Kentucky early in the year and losing a couple games in ACC play, they went out and started just throttling people left and right. Remember, Kendall Marshall was their point guard. He got hurt in the Creighton game. And, of course, they summarily lost in the Elite Eight to Kansas. The point is that Kentucky benefited from a relatively easy path to a Final Four and to a national championship. No one who athletically could compete with them, plus they were really good. I mean, I'm not saying they weren't. So a young team didn't get exposed playing against the two toughest matchups on their way to a title. This happened a couple years ago with the Golden State Warriors, right? 
Like, look, the Warriors, remember, when they won their first title, every team they played on the path to their first title had a major injury. Drew Holiday was out for the Pelicans when they played New Orleans in the first round. Mike Conley got hurt and didn't play a couple games for the Grizzlies. Um, They never played the Clippers. They never played the Spurs. This is going back... Was it three seasons ago when the Clippers and the Spurs were the two, and they battled a seven-game series? The Clippers won in seven, and then the Clippers lost when uh, when Chris Paul got hurt. So then they played the Rockets, and the Rockets didn't have Patrick Beverly. Then they played the Cavs in the finals, and Kyrie Irving got hurt, and Kevin Love never even played because he got hurt against the Boston Celtics. Like this has in fact happened before. And the, the, the interesting thing about history is not only does it repeat itself as it ha- is with the New England Patriots, but we don't, the further we get from it, the fewer times we'll actually admit to the fact that, hey, health is a huge determining factor into who wins and who loses. And health, a lot of it is about luck. I've never understood this. You know, before when you go into a game, Fans always wish you good luck. Your mom says, well, good luck. When you shake hands, when you dap up people before a game, like, hey, good luck. But when somebody wins or somebody plays against a team that has had some bad luck and has had some injuries, nobody ever wants to give credit for luck. Right? They don't want to be told, like, you're the best. You're the greatest. You won the whole thing. And, and maybe that is true, but it, it's also, luck is also a factor. It's also a major factor. I mean, think about how lucky the Patriots are that Pittsburgh, you know, didn't get the Jesse James touchdown, didn't beat them at home. Otherwise, they would have matched up with Jacksonville in the second round. And they would have had to go to Pittsburgh to win the AFC championship. Now, you can say that's skill and I'll go and you'll say, you know, OK. But I would also point out that, you know, look, here's another luck factor. You're in the AFC East. The Jets are not really competitive at your level this year. The Dolphins lost Ryan Tannehill before the season actually began. So they put a Band-Aid on that thing with Jay Cutler. They did beat you this year down there, but it's not as if the Dolphins were a great opponent. And, you know, Buffalo's fine with Tyrod Taylor. Can't really beat you. So your, your record's a little bit artificially inflated because your division's not strong, and there's an injury to one of the quarterbacks in your division. And, and you know, there's two other kind of quasi-backup starters at the, with the Jets and the, and the Bills anyway. Like, among the things that you should mention this year, if the New England Patriots are to win a sixth Super Bowl in the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick era, it's this is probably the luckiest season they've ever had the most fortunate draw they've ever had. And by my estimation, this is just me, you're allowed to it's still you're still allowed to be amazed by the consistency of success and by being impressed by uh, the diversity of game plan, by the immense amount of skill despite the in spite of the age of Tom Brady, like all of these things you are allowed to say and to think. You're well within your bounds. But at some point, you got to tip, tip a cap to luck and realize if Marcus Mariota, with a coach who was fired after the game, right? You took on the Tennessee Titans, whose coach was, there was such 
a lack of belief in the head coach, just in spite of the fact they went to the playoffs and they won a playoff game, they fired him after the game. And the Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles, forget about their lack of playoff experience. Blake Bortles is their quarterback. That's all you really need to know. And you can tell me that Blake Bortles was great last week. Like, okay, first of all, Blake Bortles doesn't have his top two wide receivers from the start of the year. But not just that. Like, here's the cementing case for why Blake Bortles is, I know, is not well regarded in the league. If we were to start over, right, if we were to start over and say, hey, every team can draft a quarterback, Blake Bortles would not go in the top 20, maybe not go in the top 25 of a, of a redraft of current starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. I, I honestly believe that. And so I do think it's fair to say that it, they're, they're at least fortunate, and the truth be told, they're pretty lucky with the draw that they've gotten. Doesn't guarantee that they will get there. The injury could be real. The offensive line could break down. But in a year in which the worst thing that's happened to the Patriots was, you know, they lost their number one receiving threat from last year, Julian Edelman. The rest of the thing's been pretty lucky. Ramos, where do you think um, Blake Bortles would go if we had a redraft? Like maybe third round? No, no, no. I'm not, not in terms of quarterback. Like, again, every team gets to start over, gets to pick a new quarterback. Right? And we just, and, and you come around to, like, how many quarterbacks would be taken in the NFL before you would take Blake Bortles? And you can have, this is when you can have anybody. It has nothing to do with contracts or anything else like that. Probably like late, like 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Music, you think that's a fair fair number? Yeah, definitely. I think the, with Blake Bortles, when he was drafted, he was drafted so high because of what a lot of quarterbacks are taking on potential. And I think to this point in his career, he hasn't quite lived up to what that potential is. I mean, this is hasn't, qu- hasn't quite. That, that's a, that's an understatement. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look, for the fact that he was the number three overall pick, and now uh-huh. he's in the AFC Championship game, you could look at that as a reason. But anyone who actually watches the games would know that they're not there because of him, rather in spite of him. I mean, here's here's all you need to do, right? Okay, so go through go through the, the NFC, right? You wouldn't take him ahead of Wentz. You wouldn't take him ahead of Dak, and I don't love Dak, but you wouldn't take him ahead of Dak, right? You wouldn't take him ahead of Cousins. You wouldn't take him ahead of Eli. Um, I wouldn't take him ahead of any of the three quarterbacks, maybe ahead of Teddy Bridgewater, who I wasn't really impressed by, and he's coming off the knee. And I know that Bradford can't stay healthy, but Bradford, you would absolutely take ahead of him. You wouldn't take him ahead of Stafford. You wouldn't take ahead of of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't think you would take him ahead of Mitchell Trubisky, but that's that's up for at least debate. Um, none of the quarterbacks in the NFC you'd take them ahead of, and the Cardinals don't currently have a quarterback, so you wouldn't take them ahead of Goff, you wouldn't take them ahead of Russell Wilson, you wouldn't take them ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Go to the AFC. You wouldn't take them ahead of Rivers, you wouldn't take them ahead of Alex Smith, you wouldn't take them ahead of Derek Carr, you wouldn't take them ahead of Andrew Luck or of Marcus Mariota, you wouldn't take them ahead of Andy Dalton or Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlisberger, and you wouldn't take them ahead of Tom Brady I think you would maybe take him ahead of Tyrod Taylor. All right, so he's mid-20s. A mid-20s quarterback comes to your home park 
in the AFC Championship game after you had an absolute cakewalk last week and they had a brawl. They had a war. It doesn't get any lucky or any fortunate, any more fortunate for uh, an aging team and a really good one in the New England Patriots. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings who joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, did you think it was over? Uh, I didn't think it was going to end on that play necessarily, um, but I didn't think it was over. I, I thought we had uh, a good chance to get a nice 15, 20-yard chunk and, and have a chance to kick a field goal. Okay, so let, let's go back through the series of plays. Um, talk about inauspicious beginnings. The false start, you're like, oh, my God, really? On this, we need every yard, and we get a, we get a false start. What happened? The center was the only one to not snap the, snap the ball. W- what the hell happened? Uh, yeah, we tried to get a, get a free play, essentially, uh, you know, kind of be able to take a shot. And, uh, you know, sometimes, the, you know, you, just, you get so locked into the moment that, that you forget, uh, forget a snap count. But, uh, yeah, not the way you want to start that drive, ideally. Okay, wait, wait. So, so the center was right, and everybody else yeah. was wrong. All the because because every other, um, uh, I believe both uh, guards moved. So the center was right. All right, all right. So the center got right. Good. Thanks for clearing it up. All right. So then, first down. Now, here's what I'm wondering. You guys, I'm sure you practice how long it takes to line up and spike a football, right? So first play. Uh, pretty good. I think the first play is a pretty good completion. You call a timeout, right? And then yep. there's 17 seconds left. Correct. How much time does it take? Like because they were playing. I mean, they're playing on the boundaries and out, and there was no <laughs> one over the middle of the field. They were almost daring you to throw in the middle of the field. How long does it take you to catch a football? You know, sl- take a knee, and then everyone line up to spike a football. How long does that 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 take if it's 20 yards down the football field? Um, you know, with 17 seconds left, you, you'd still have a chance to do that. Um, you know, most of the time, uh, the safe ground is about 12 seconds. Um, anytime you get less than that, it would be really tough to complete a ball inbounds with getting enough yards and, and getting up on the line and spiking it. So, um, you know, we still had, had enough time. Uh, you know, we had, I think that was the play that, you know, case threw the ball and complete to Jarius on the sideline. Uh, which was actually the same play that we then came directly back to, and he hit Stefan on, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Um, what I'm wondering about it was 10 seconds to go. They were you were just running like a slant, right? Like you're six yards from the line of scrimmage, and they dedicated to someone covering you. Can you figure out Correct. why? Um, no, not really sure because on the previous play, uh, you know, like I said, we we ran the exact same play. And the ball should have actually gone to me on that one, and uh, probably would have got about ten to twelve yards there and got out of bounds. Um, so I, I mean, I'm assuming just because we ran it before and I was left open on that one, then uh, the corner jumped me. And when the corner jumped me, I knew uh, we had one-on-ones with Stefan and Jarius down the sideline. Uh, so that's where I, w- I was. Like I said, I was confident that we could get a chunk to get a field goal. Um, but I didn't necessarily think the play was going to end in a touchdown. All right. Um, so, like, look, you, you run your route. Did you see what happened, or did you react to the sound? 
No, I saw. So, you know, once once I ran to the flat and, and that corner jumped me, obviously I knew the ball wasn't coming to me. And, you know, as I turned, I watched Case throw it. So followed the ball, uh, saw Diggsy jump up and, and make the catch. And my immediate thought was, uh, as the defender was diving at his legs, just please don't get tackled inbounds. And then, uh, you know, once I saw him keep his balance, you know, the thought process immediately goes to get out of bounds. And then he turned and ran down the sideline. It was like, oh, my God, he's going to score. I mean, how did he How did he know? I mean, after, right afterwards, he's like, well, they ran into each other. But he almost in one motion somehow stayed in bounds and, and had the wherewithal to know he wasn't going to get tackled. I mean, I almost wonder if it was a mistake at first to start taking the ball to the house when he could have just stepped out of bounds. Yeah, it was, I mean, to have the wherewithal to, I mean, it, it was an unbelievable play to begin with to go up there and, and absorb the contact and keep his balance. You know, not a lot of guys can do that. You know, when you're going up making a contested catch, you know, it's just kind of human nature when you're taking that contact to go to the ground. So to be able to keep his feet turned and then, you know, obviously the, the middle field safety came over and was the one that missed the tackle so he knew that there was no one else left and you know he turned and ran for a touchdown wow um the the camera caught up with with uh with case and it focused on him and it was funny i'm sitting there with my kids and we're all going crazy watching the game on tv and i i my wife was had just left the room and i go oh my god oh my god oh my and she and then it shows case and case said oh my god do you remember what you said when you saw it yeah i mean like i said i was just as I'm going through the, you know, array of thoughts from please catch it to get out of bounds to, oh, my God, he's going to score. And then just I ran down the sideline like everyone else uh, and chased him into the end zone. All right. So how how Kyle Rudolph joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. The, as you know, like, look, it's one thing to be through to go through a brutally physical playoff game. Those are played at such a higher level than any other football game. But then, when you compare the when you when you um, add on the range of emotions, right? You're up seventeen nothing. Things are going well. Then you're down. Then you kick a fifty three yard field goal, and then they kick a field goal, and then, or they score a touchdown on fourth down, and then I mean, and then all of a sudden it feels like you're done. And then with ten seconds to go, you get this miracle. Um, your level of exhaustion when the buzz kind of wore off as opposed to the normal level of exhaustion you feel on a Sunday night, Monday morning? Well, you know, we came in Monday and treated it like any other Monday, mostly to just get in and get back into a normal routine and, you know, realizing that, you know, we if we continue to look at what happened in the past and look at what happened on Sunday night, then you know, we'll stumble on what's directly in front of us, and that's an opportunity to play Philly in the NFC Championship game. And so, you know, I give Zim a lot of credit for bringing us in Monday morning and, you know, making things as normal as possible. So we're able to, you know, go back and, you know, we watched the entire tape and, and treated it like any other regular Sunday night game. And I think that was really big in terms of allowing everyone on our team to, to move past what had happened the night before. When you saw the tape, what do you guys most need to clean up? Because it was 17 nothing, but it wasn't perfect football, especially early in the second half. Did you guys get tight, or is there something you need to, to clean up? Well, I mean, you, that was the biggest thing that we went back on Monday and addressed was, you know, what was the reason why we were in that situation to begin with, uh, you know, with the ball 10 seconds left, having to score to take the lead. Um, 
you know, you go back and look at this, the second half and, um, you know, a bad interception, a blocked kick. Um, you know, we, we didn't stop them in the red zone. I think they scored touchdowns almost every time they got down there. Um, you know, offensively, uh, we didn't do anything there until the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter when we finally started moving the ball. So uh, in order for us to accomplish our ultimate goal, you know, we can't play like we did in the second half. All right, I can't. I, you know, I'm. I'm sure they wouldn't let. You, no one would let you pick apart the negatives of the Eagle defense, but it is a very good defense. What are the strengths? What is the best part of what the Eagles do that's allowed them to get to this point and have home field advantage throughout? Well, they have you know incredible team speed on defense, and you know it, it starts up front for them with their rush. You know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, you know Long, those guys all. Are, are playing at a high level and, and getting after the quarterback. Uh, and then you go to the, you know, linebackers and, and the back end, and, you know, those guys really feed off of that rush. And, um, you know, it'll be really important for us to, to protect the quarterback, but also to run the ball. Um, you know, you, you go back and look at the course of their year. Um, they've been, I think they may be number one against the rush. Um, so it'll be, it'll be important for us to, to possess the ball, rush the football, and then, uh, like I said just before, we can't turn it over. Uh, I believe they're 10-0 and when they force two or more turnovers, so uh, we'll have to protect the football. Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings joining us. Um, I saw on uh, social media that you guys finally you opened the Kyle Rudolph end zone at the University of Minnesota M- uh, Masonic Children's Hospital. This has been a labor of love for you. To, to open it and coincide with the success of the team and the possibility, I know you don't want to get, of playing a home game for, for the Super Bowl. What's that experience been like of finally seeing this project come to fruition? It's been awesome. You know, going back uh, two years ago when we kind of came up with the idea and uh, the amount of time and preparation and, you know, quite honestly, dreaming that has gone into this project to finally open it earlier this fall and you know have it available and have the kids in there uh especially like you said kind of gearing up around minneapolis having the super bowl here this year uh has been really special and it's been a true blessing for not only me but my family to to be able to provide that to the patients and families at university of minnesota masonic children's hospital last thing have you allowed yourself that vision you know because I can remember when I was playing college basketball, I remember the night before we played in the Elite Eight that I had like these dreams of like cutting down the net, going to the Final Four, and we didn't win. And, I'm, and then you, like, you kick yourself. You're like, man, did I, did I let myself think about something instead of thinking about the game or relaxing, whatever? How do you handle it? Do you allow yourself the, the vision of playing in the Super Bowl? Well, I think, you know, 32 teams have that vision to, to begin the year. And... If you don't, uh, you know, I'm not sure why you're in this, in this business. So, um, you know, it's been a vision all year long. Um, now you, you sit here and you're one game away and, you know, we, you have to just try to do your best to treat this like it's any other game. You know, yeah, maybe January 21st, but, you know, if you can treat it like it's a December 21st or November 21st game, uh, just whatever you've done each and every week to get yourself here to this point, uh, continue to do that. Well, it's been amazing to watch. Uh, it was an incredible moment, which I can just tell you, I'm not a Minnesota. I'm a, look, we're a fan of yours, but I had no. Bo- but everyone I know was watching this game and had the exact same reaction. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! And uh, it's you were part of a uh, part of history 
Uh, we'll see if you guys can complete that task and get to that home game Super Bowl. Kyle, safe travels to Philly, and thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. What LeBron James may be going through is the uh, run that back syndrome. I don't know if I haven't, I haven't told you guys about this before. This is the run that back syndrome. Um, Ramos, I know you don't play pickup basketball. Music you have, and I know you've done this with volleyball as well. When you go and play on a Saturday or a Sunday, and you may have like a really good group, and you play, and then kind of everybody knows when it's about over. Somebody's got to go do something with their kid. Somebody's got to go do something with their girl. I, I got to run down to the DMV. I got to go get the, I got to go do this. I got to think with a guy, you know, like guys start to, all right, we done. And what will happen is one or two of the guys will start unlacing their shoes, taking it off, they're changing shirts out of their sweaty shirt. And there'll be like five or six guys that still have juice in the tank and they still want to play. Maybe a couple guys that came late. You got eight guys, nine guys, and you're the one guy, you get your laces off. You've already texted your wife that you're coming home. You know, whatever, you need me to pick something up on the way home, blah, 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 blah. And the guy's like, hey, dude, you want to run that one back? Just one more? One more. You want to run one more? And what inevitably happens when, just when you're even playing in that game is you're, you have just regret, right? Like you might have hit the game-winning shot and you're like, that's good, I'm done. Game, out, over, take off my shoes. The whole time you're sitting there going, man, I, I wish I didn't play in this game because I'm just kind of done. You Mentally, you checked out. And oftentimes somebody gets hurt. Coming back for one more run sounds like a good idea. More is more, but less is more. And I almost feel like LeBron, Kyrie knew it was over and understood kind of they, this thing had run its course and they weren't that this version wasn't going to beat the Warriors. He saw the handwriting on the wall and he bailed out early. And then LeBron's sitting there going like, man, I'm probably going somewhere else next year. Let's try. Let's do one more run. Just all right. We'll play one more game. And inevitably, somebody gets hurt or doesn't. It's not as fun as it had been previously. That same challenge isn't the same, isn't as enjoyable. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's get to Stink. Mark Schlereth, three-time Super Bowl champion. Stink, we were talking about the Patriots and how, let's just be honest, this is an easy easy run in terms of who they play, right? You play the Titans, who fired their coach, allowed more points than they scored from a super weak division, and then you get the Jaguars, who are quarterbacked by Blake Bortles. Talented team, but have never been this far, and you would much rather play them than play the Pittsburgh Steelers. In any of your three Super Bowl runs, was one uh, were your games easier because of a little bit of luck? Um, You know, I don't know about I mean, I don't know about a little bit of luck. I mean, you know, I always, I always find it fascinating, Dougie, when people say, "Oh, I want to play the best. I want the team at their best," and I want to. No, man, I want to play the worst team. I want to, you know, I want every guy on their team to be sick, um, injured, not feel well, and you know, I want to whip their ass. So, I mean, that that to me is like, hey, I'm not going to apologize for you guys not being very good or your quarterback not being being very good. Their defense is legit. We know that. All three levels of Jacksonville's defense is legit. Uh, you know, so for me, I mean, that, that to me is fine. That's what you're playing. But, you know, in this great – I had somebody ask me today, you know, are we going to get the Blake Bortles of, of, you know, the Bills game or the one of the Steelers game? I, I'm like, do you know he completed 51% of his passes against the Bills and, and a whopping 53% of his passes against the Steelers? 
I mean, it wasn't like the guy was great. Um, he just didn't screw it up, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to apologize, or they shouldn't have to apologize for, for, you know, playing not good teams. And, and by the way, the beginning of the season, remember, the first five games of the season were like, this is the worst defense that the Patriots have ever had. Their coaching staff does a better job than any other coaching staff in football about developing guys during the course of the season. That's what sets them apart. That's what makes them great. You know, when I was talking to a NFL GM before before the show, Stink, Mark Schlereth joining us, Fox uh, uh, NFL on Fox analyst. He analyzes games. You see him on Fox Sports 1 across all of our uh, Plus Course hosts, hosts his own radio show in Denver, and he's a three-time Super Bowl champ. Don't believe me? Step to him on Twitter, and he'll smack you down with all three of his rings. Um, Stink, I was talking to a GM before the show, and I was like, how do the Patriots do it? And he's like, look, they don't make the, the they just don't make mistakes or they don't make the amount of mistakes that other teams make. How is that possible? How is it coached to where these guys might not have the athletic talent of some other teams, but they make fewer mistakes? Yeah, well, I think one, um, they've had consistency in theme and system. So when you're there for a while, you know, it's always the same thing that's being preached. So everybody knows, you know, what their assignments are. They know the job. They understand what's required. So I think that consistency plays a big role in that. Um, the other thing, Doug, is, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people that have been involved with the Patriots, that played there, that coached there, um, or that just understand the kind of philosophy. And this is a great business principle is that, you know, a lot of businesses and a lot of teams get caught up on what you can't do. You know, so they look at a guy and say, well, he's not got, he doesn't have elite speed or he's not, you know, elite level quickness or he doesn't have elite level strength or whatever the case may be. And Bill Belichick's philosophy is don't tell me about what he can't do. Tell me what, what he can do. And in taking what he can do, can he be elite in these seven or eight plays? in these situations where we need him. And if he can be an elite in these seven, eight situations, well, dang, then we got ourselves a player that we can plug in and we can be very successful in using in those positions. So I think that's what they do better than anybody else. Let's not focus on what a dude can't do. Let's focus on what a guy can do, and let's use him in those situations to benefit us as a football team. And I think that's, you know, where they are, are just way above everybody else um, when it comes to understanding the game and putting players in positions to have success. The, the style, of, like, look, we kind of know. The crazy thing about Brady is everybody seems to know how you beat Brady, and yet so few teams are able to do it, right? And, again, this is more layman, whereas you have, uh, you know, you've forgotten more about the National Football League, than I'll ever know. Uh, but the layman says, all right, well, you have to rush four, and you have to get him off the spot with, with, with four, and then you have to be super physical because it's timing routes, and if you're going to be man-to-man, you got to have a depth of athletes. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, in big spots, you have to find somebody who covers 87. That's what the layman says. Um, in terms of a, a real professional an- analysis, is that an accurate depiction of what you have to do to slow this offense? Well, yeah, you've got to do all those things. And then on top of that, Doug, you have to be multiple. So then you have to say, okay, we've done that, and we did it for two drives. Now 
scrap pile that and let's give him something totally different than what we just showed him in the last two drives. And let's continuously change and make sure that we're showing him different coverages. We're, we're doing it a different way throughout this whole thing. And, and now in doing that, we have to make sure that we don't make mistakes and we're forcing him into mistakes because oftentimes what happens when you're that multiple, your back end, your linebackers, they're the ones that screw up and he recognizes it and he takes advantage of it. And, and that's why it's so incredibly difficult um, to beat them. You know, the theories are all great, right? It's like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, and that's playing Tom Brady and, and the Patriots. You know, he said it a couple of years ago. He's like, why would I not want to play till I'm 45? You know, I got all the answers to the test right now. So that's, that's how they are. That's how they operate. And their coaches do a phenomenal job of game planning and putting guys in positions um, to be effective. And, and, and it, they just, they're just better than everybody else at this point. How big an issue is the hand? He didn't practice uh, today. He hurt the hand yesterday. It's not supposed to be broken. Uh, I mean, my guess would be he hit it on somebody's helmet throwing a football, right? I mean, that, that hurts. Yeah, they, right. They say he jammed his thumb. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's, is it a big deal? Is it a big deal not to practice? Yeah. You know, I, I think timing and everything else, that it does tend to make it a big deal. Um, I, I think that, you know, I always called those injuries, Doug, like – you got a button, and what do you like to do with a button? You know, you walk by a button. What do you, you see a button on the counter? What do you want to do? You want to push that damn thing, right? And when you're hurt, we always used to joke around and say, uh-oh, somebody's got a button, because it's amazing. You don't ever notice your hands. Like, you, your hands take a beating, but you don't notice them until you've got, like, a fractured finger or something. And then every time, I mean, every no matter what, it's going to get hit. It's going to get... And and then all of a sudden you start to realize, damn, I didn't realize I used my hands this much, man. This this thing is killing me. And so when you have that quote-unquote button, man, that thing is going to get touched multiple times. Not only is it going to get touched, but if I know you have an injury, um, you know what? I'm going to test you. Uh, well, I'm going to try to hit you. I'm going to try to hit that, that particular spot. So that's just that's part and parcel of this game. And, um, and I'd be surprised. You know, people run by him. Maybe you don't get a hit on him. But maybe you take a swat at that hand like you're trying to uh, deflect the pass and see if you can't hit that thumb. So, you know, that's just the NFL, the way the, way the whole game operates. Yeah, so you sweep the, sweep the leg like, uh, sure. like a Daniel karate thumb. kid. Yeah, uh, assuming absolutely. He's healthy, Cobra Kai, uh, baby. Assuming he's healthy, um, how, how shocked would you be if Blake Bortles led the Jaguars to a win? I, I, I would be completely shocked. Um and that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what it's going to take. They, they have a, a theory there or a, a system or a philosophy, which is we're going to make you play left-handed. Uh, we're going to take away what you do well. And, and you think about it. Um, you know, look at the difference between the Bills game and between the, the, the Steelers game. In the Steelers game, um, like 20, 20 carries somewhere around there for um, Fournette and, you know, over 100 yards, and it opened up the play action. And, Blake Bortles was able to make a, a few really good throws, had one deep throw. You know, he only had 214 yards passing, 53, uh, 53% completion percentage. But those things were open for them, and they got some chunk plays in the passing game. In the Bills game, 
you know, he, he didn't have any yards uh, per se. He had 21 carries. I think he only averaged about two and a half yards a carry. And that play action wasn't open. And, um, and he had an abysmal game. And he still completed only 51%. I mean, it was only, you know, a percentage or two higher. But, but I, I think that's exactly where this game plan goes. Um, and they did it, Doug, they did it to Tennessee. If you watch Tennessee, they said that basically we're going we're gonna to walk up, we're going to mug up our linebackers. And, and, you know, we're going to drop one out, but it creates five one-on-ones. We're going to give up any, any kind of exciting pass rush moves. We're going to press the pocket. We're going to bull rush you guys. We're going to mug those linebackers up. One's going to drop. One's going to sit and spy uh, Marcus Mariota. And we're not going to let you beat us on third down running the football and creating plays. And they ended up getting eight sacks. They kept Marcus Mariota at bay. And um, the next thing you know, it's they give up a tur- courtesy touchdown at the end. They beat you thirty-five fourteen. I mean, that's that's what New England does to you. Um, okay, let's let's go to uh, let's go to the Minnesota Philadelphia game kind of quickly. Two backup quarterbacks, a ton of emotional energy expent by the Vikings. Two very good defenses. Who do you like and why? I, you know, I, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I I just think they're. Defense is such an elite defense at all three levels. And, um, you know, nobody runs the ball. It's not so much yards per carry, but it's attempts. Nobody runs it better than Minnesota when it comes to attempts. And I just look at that. You make enough plays in the passing game, your receivers are going to bail out Case Keenan when he makes a bad throw. He's great with the layered throws. And, um, you know, in some of the double moves with his receivers, I just think they're a more talented football team top to bottom, and I think Case Keenum has just been better, um, you know, than Nick Foles. And so um, we'll see exactly how it plays out. I will give a, I'll give a, a tip of the cap to Doug Peterson because Nick Foles was really bad the first couple of drives against Atlanta, and they went to a run-pass option kind of scenario where you had a, a one-receiver route off a, you know, a fake run. And Nick Foles actually played really well, completed at the end of the game 76% of his passes. So um, I'll tip my hat to Doug Peterson for putting that, that whole thing together. But I think Minnesota's a little bit better football team. That's three-time Super Bowl champion and Fox NFL analyst Mark Schlereth. Stink, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, anytime, Doug. Take care, buddy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 